Good afternoon, everyone. King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 12, of making many books there is no end. But of all the countless books that have been written, is there any that reliably answers the most fundamental and important questions of life? Why do we exist? What is our nature? Is there a God? And if so, what is God like? What does God expect of us? Can we know the true God? Does God love us? Is there a path that can put an end to violence, unnecessary suffering, and sorrow? What happens when we die? Is there a way to eternal life? And if so, what is it? Believe it or not, there is such a book, a book that has the answers to these questions and other questions vital to the life of every human. That book is called the Bible. The Bible is unlike any other book, and it has no equal because it is God's revelation to mankind of knowledge that can be found in no other source. Do you know what the Bible says? Have you read it? Have you studied the Bible diligently to learn what God wants you to know? Why study the Bible? That's what I want to discuss in today's sermon. Why study the Bible? According to an article published by LifeWayResearch.com, The article is entitled, Americans are fond of the Bible, don't actually read it. According to the article, nearly every household, about 9 out of 10 in the United States, has at least one Bible. However, more than half of Americans surveyed have read little or none of the Bible. Perhaps about 1 in 5 Americans read the Bible daily. In many other countries, my guess is that even fewer people read the Bible regularly, if at all. And that means that most people on the earth really don't know much about the Bible, even though there have been millions, probably billions of Bibles published, or printed, I should say. Yet, there are many good reasons not only to read the Bible, but to study the Bible and come to understand its teachings. And there are more reasons for Bible study than can be covered in a single sermon. So we're not going to try to cover everything that could be discussed about this subject, but we will cover several reasons to study the Bible. First reason I want to discuss is Bible study can change your life for the better. Bible study can change your life for the better. The world is beset by problems of every description and particularly by problems of behavior and morality. The Bible provides answers to the most fundamental questions of life such as why you exist and your potential destiny. Its admonitions provide a sound anchor 
and structure on which your life can be built, giving you an incomparable sense of direction and purpose. If you sense that your life is aimless and out of control, or if you sense that the world is coming apart and headed for, for disaster, which it is, hope and redemption are available. The Bible can guide you to the source of hope and redemption and give you an understanding of what the future holds for mankind. The prophet Hosea lamented in Hosea chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Hosea 4 and verse 1, Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. For the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. By swearing, and kill, by swearing and lying, killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break all restraint with bloodshed upon bloodshed. Therefore, the land will mourn. All too often that describes much of the world in which we live today. But the Bible also tells us in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 20, Proverbs 16, verse 20, He who heeds the word wisely will find good. He who heeds the word, God's word, wisely will find good. And in Proverbs 13 and verse 13, we're told, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. God assures us that if we consistently obey His words, the words found in Scripture, in the Bible, things will go well for us, and that applies to nations as well as to individuals. In Deuteronomy 12, verse 28, Deuteronomy 12, verse 28, we're told, Observe and obey all these words which I command you, that it may go well with you and your children after you forever when you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. The Bible points to a time in the future when the Scriptures will be made known to all. God's kingdom is destined to be established on the earth and all nations will be taught God's Word. In Isaiah 2 and verse 3, we read a prophecy about this. Isaiah 2 and verse 3, Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways, and we shall walk in His paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into printing hooks or plowshares I should say and their spears into printing hooks nations shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war anymore so not only will there be peace on earth but also great joy as we're told in Psalm 138 verse 4 Psalms 138 verse 4 all the kings of the earth shall praise you O Lord when they hear the words of your mouth Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. And in Psalm 67 and verse 4, Psalm 67 verse 4, O let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. 
For those willing to be taught God's word, Scripture says in Psalm 16, verse 11, Psalm 16, verse 11, You, God, will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And in Luke 11 and verse 28, Luke 11 and verse 28, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And that applies to individuals and it applies to nations. By studying and obeying the Bible's teachings, you can set out now on that journey down the path of life. A life that leads to fulfillment and joy. A life that leads to fulfillment and joy. That's the path that is illuminated by the Bible. The second, a second reason to study the Bible is because Bible study reveals the way that leads to eternal life. Not only can the Bible teach you how to live a happier life now, but it also reveals the path to life for all eternity. Difficult as that may be to believe for some, at least. The Bible tells us there is the prospect of eternal life and it tells us how we can attain eternal life. The Bible has the potential to transform your life and help you grow in the grace and knowledge of God as you obey, which in turn leads to eternal life that only God can give you. Jesus Christ is the Word of God personified. He is the embodiment of the Word of God. We're told in John 1 and verse 1, the Gospel of John 1 and verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it tells us in verse 14 of John 1, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh, the one spoken of as the Word, the one who is God, the Word is Jesus Christ. The words of the Bible are His words. The written Word of God, inspired by God's Holy Spirit. And in them, in those words, the words of the Bible are revealed the way to eternal life. We read in 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter 1 and verse 21, Prophecy, in this case meaning the Bible, prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Bible was written by men, but it was inspired by the Spirit of God. It is the Word of God. Peter admonished believers in 2 Peter Chapter 3 and verse 18, 2 Peter 3 and verse 18, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. So we're to grow in the knowledge of 
our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Peter said to Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. You, Jesus, have, you have the words of eternal life in John 6 and verse 68. So Jesus Christ is the Word. He is God. And He has transmitted to us His words, the Bible. To be granted eternal life in God's kingdom, we must grow, as we were admonished by Peter, we must grow and develop spiritually in the likeness of Jesus Christ. We are to become like Jesus Christ. We're admonished in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. 1 Peter 2 and verse 1. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. That you may grow thereby. What this tells us that just as a baby needs nourishment to grow. Milk from its mother. We spiritually need God's Word to develop and grow. We need God's Word if we are going if we are to grow spiritually. God, Paul wrote to the Thessalonians that the Word of God effectively works in you who believe. The Word of God effectively works in you who believe. The Word of God effectively works in you who believe. In the Bible are the necessary information and instructions for us to become recipients of the gift of eternal life which is given to those who repent of sin and put God's Word to work in their lives. Paul wrote to Timothy in, Tim, in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15 that from childhood you, meaning Timothy, have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. You've known the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. The Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. There are certain things that you have to learn, that you have to know, to have the faith necessary for salvation. All Scripture, Paul went on to say, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Scripture is given by God's inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. These features of the Bible are necessary for salvation. The correction, the reproof, the instruction in righteousness, the doctrine found in the Bible are necessary if we are to develop into what God wants us to become. And Paul the Apostle was meeting with a group of ministers in Asia Minor. And as he was about to leave the, uh, leave, uh, the uh, area, he told them 
as recorded in Acts 20 and verse 32, Acts 20 and verse 32. So now, brethren, I command you, or I commend you, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. To God and to the word of His grace. In other words, the Bible, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. The scripture is necessary to build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. Because for us to have eternal life, we must bear spiritual fruit acceptable to God. We must bear spiritual fruit acceptable to God. Jesus said in John 15, John 15 and verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. So you may think of yourself as a Christian, but if you're not bearing fruit, the kind of fruit that God wants, you can be taken away. Removed. Jesus spoke a parable of a sower and seed recorded in Matthew chapter 13. And in this parable, for various reasons, some of the seed that was sown produced no fruit. Now the seed in this parable is the Word of God. And for the word of God to bear fruit, it must have a hospitable host. Which in this parable is called the good ground. And Jesus said, Matthew 13 verse 23, He who received seed on the good ground, he who received seed on the good ground, is he who hears the word of God and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So, bearing fruit is necessary. Just because one has heard the word of God does not necessarily mean that he is going to bear fruit. But if he is receptive and he uh, nurtures the word of God and acts on it, then he can bear fruit. He can come to understand it. He can bear fruit. And various people bear uh, various types of fruit or have various uh, abilities and talents which allow them to bear the kind of fruit that God wants them to, and they might bear various quantities of fruit, as Jesus said. But if we are to have eternal life, God's Word must take root in our hearts and minds, and coupled with the power of God's Spirit, bear the life-changing fruits of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, in fact, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life.
John 6, verse 63. The, the Word of God is a manifestation of His Spirit. It is inspired, directed God's Spirit. Directed by God's Spirit. Men were directed by God's Spirit to write down the things that God inspired. So the Word of God, you might say, is this, is the Spirit of God put on paper. Put in a tangible form. And as you drink in of those words, God's Spirit can work in you. If God's Word is working in your mind and in your heart, God's Spirit is working there. And if God's Spirit is working in your mind and heart, it will be shown by the fruits that you bear. Now what are these fruits? What are these fruits? In Galatians 5, beginning with verse 19, Galatians 5 verse 19, Paul said, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of God's Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Now if we are to bear these spiritual fruits, we must abide in the Word of God. We must study it and we must apply it with understanding. And where do we get understanding? Understanding comes from hearing and applying God's Word. God's commandments included, are included in God's Word. That's part of it. And in Psalm 111 and verse 10, Psalm 111 and verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. So, if you want to understand the Bible, you have to begin to obey God's commandments. If you want to bear for spiritual fruit, you do that by learning to obey the commandments of God. The people in Berea City in Asia Minor who heard and accepted the message of the gospel, the word of God are praised. In Acts 17 verse 11, Acts 17 verse 11, they are praised because as it says, they received the word of God with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether those things were so. Notice they were receptive to the word of God and they studied the word of God. They searched the scriptures every day. They searched the scriptures to find out what the word of God teaches. Now do we do that? Do we search the Scriptures daily to learn what God wants to teach us? In Psalm 1 and verse 1, 
Psalm 1 and verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. In his law, the law of God, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit induced in, in its season. Whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Notice a key to bearing spiritual fruit is to delight in the law of God and meditate on God's word day and night. Paul admonished Timothy who was person he trained in the ministry and supervised in the ministry and he admonished Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 he said be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth in the King James Version it says study to be to present yourself approved to God and the idea of dividing the word of God could be translated rightly applying the word of God. That's what it is speaking of. Understanding the, the word of God and applying it and explaining it properly as his job was also to teach others the truth of God's word. And so if we rightly divide the word of God as it is used in this scripture, it means that we are understanding it properly we're applying it correctly because the word of God is often twisted and misconstrued and misunderstood and misapplied we have to learn to understand it correctly and apply it properly as, it, as, it, as it's intended to be applied by God a third reason to study the Bible is to study the Bible as a source of wisdom and understanding Study the Bible as a source of wisdom and understanding. Moses said to the people of Israel, as they were preparing to enter the land of promise, in Deuteronomy 4 and verse 5, Deuteronomy 4 and verse 5, he said, Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me that you should act according to them in the land which you go to possess. Therefore, be careful to observe them. Be careful to observe them, the statutes and judgments of God recorded in His Word. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. The Bible contains words of wisdom and instruction from God. And the book of Proverbs is specifically written to convey wisdom and instruction. In Proverbs 1 and verse 1, Proverbs 1 and verse 1, it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment and equity 
to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. If you want to gain wisdom, whether you're young or old, be a good idea to read the Bible, especially the book of Proverbs, as well as other books of the Bible, which are full of godly wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1 and verse 33, Proverbs 1 verse 33, whoever listens to me, listens to me, meaning God's words of wisdom and instruction, whoever listens to me, to the word of God will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. In chapter 2 of Proverbs, beginning in verse 1, Proverbs 2 and verse 1, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom, in other words, if you hear it, if you read it, study it, and you apply your heart to understanding, Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. So, as you study the Bible, you ought also to be praying, crying out to God to help you have the proper understanding, to enlighten your mind, to give you the understanding there to be had with the help of God as you study the Scriptures. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, if if you want to have godly wisdom and understanding, you have to search it out. You've got to search it out. It takes effort. It takes work. But it says if you do that, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. In other words, if you actually understand the scriptures and obey what God tells you to do, then God will protect you. And goes on to say, he guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul. Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they're devious in their paths. So, if you are drinking in, studying God's Word and applying it in your life, then that will protect you from harm, protect you from deception from being led astray by others. Now, where do you seek for the wisdom and instruction described in this passage of Scripture? It is in the Word of God. And the aim of this is found in Proverbs 2 and verse 20. The aim of this is 
Proverbs 2 and verse 20, So you may walk in the way of goodness and keep to the paths of righteousness. So you may walk in the way of goodness and keep to the paths of righteousness. And what does that do for you? It goes on to say in verse 21, For the upright will dwell in the land, and the blameless will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the earth, and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. In other words, it gives you life. It assures that you will remain alive to enjoy the blessings of life, living life according to God's way. We're told in Proverbs 3 and verse 1, Proverbs 3 and verse 1, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Going on in verse 13 of Proverbs 3, it says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. A lot of people aspire to become wealthy, to gain money, which, depending on the circumstances, is not necessarily wrong, but it is wrong if you put more value on that than on obeying God. Because godly wisdom, godly understanding is more valuable than silver and more valuable than gold. It can do things for you that not no amount of silver or gold can do. She, that is wisdom, godly wisdom coming from God's word, is more precious than rubies. And all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain her. In Proverbs 4 and verse 5, Proverbs 4 beginning with verse 5, it says, Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you, love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She will deliver to you. So these are the ultimate rewards of studying God's Word and taking heed to it. Going on in verse 20, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Now here is wisdom, the wisdom of God speaking in Proverbs 8, verse 32. Proverbs 8 verse 32, Now 
Therefore listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates. Again, we see the admonition to seek God's word daily, waiting at the post of my doors, for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord, but he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. This wisdom we're reading about here is freely available to you. It's freely available to you. It's available to anybody who wants to look into it and seek it out. The only cost is the time and effort it takes to drink in of it by studying God's Word. The fourth reason to study the Bible is to study the Bible because it is proven and sure. Study the Bible because it is proven and sure. The principles revealed in the Bible are not ephemeral or short-lived like fads in social trends or mores founded on weak principles or on foundations of sand. Today we live in a world where godliness is often scorned and ridiculed and rotten, gross, immoral behavior is celebrated and promoted. Now this was prophesied to happen as it happened also in ancient times and ancient cultures. In Isaiah 5 verse 20, here's a prophecy that pertains to our age. Isaiah 5 verse 20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Proverbs 17 verse 15 Proverbs 17 verse 15 we read he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just both of them alike are an abomination to God or to the Lord. Malachi 3 and verse 15 another prophecy Malachi 3 and verse 15 says so now we call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness are raised up they even tempt God and go free. Now, these prophecies all too often describe the world that we live in. However, the words and precepts of the Bible are sure, certain, and tested by time. They are eternal precepts and values reflecting the mind of the eternal and almighty God. In Psalm 111 and verse 7, Psalm 111 and verse 7, it says, The works of His hands are verity or truth and justice. All his precepts are sure. All his precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. Notice God's precepts are sure and they stand fast forever and ever. Going on it says he has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is His name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding of all those who do His commandments. His praise endures forever. In Psalm 119, verse 160, Psalm 119, verse 160, it says, The entirety, 
of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Something you can count on. You can count on God's word to guide you in a sound path, in a path that does not change. In Second Samuel 22 and verse 31, 2 Samuel 22 and verse 31, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. The word of the Lord is proven. And it's proven in many different ways. He is a shield to all who trust Him. The Word of God is proven. It has been proven accurate even in spite of all of the attacks that have been leveled against it. The skeptics and the critics have tried to undermine and undercut the Word of God. But God's Word has been proven time and again to be faithful, a faithful witness. And it's also been proven by people applying it in their lives and receiving the blessings that go with obedience to God. In Isaiah 40 and verse 8, Isaiah 40 and verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. When you study and drink in of God's word and apply it in your life, you can rest assured that you are following a proven path that will not fail to reward you in the end. Now there may be, and indeed will be, trials and difficulties along the way, but the end result, the end result is that you will stand when others who've gone a different way will have fallen. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 24, Matthew 7 and verse 24, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Now notice... What Jesus says here, he doesn't say that life is just going to be a bowl of cherries all the time. He talks about the storms, the trials, the tribulations of life. But it says in the final analysis, the house does not fall. Because it's founded on a sure foundation. It's founded on the rock. He went on to say, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. When the children of Israel were preparing to enter the promised land, having wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, they were given these instructions in Deuteronomy chapter 17. Beginning with verse 14, Deuteronomy 17, verse 14, When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and possess it and dwell in it, and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me, you shall surely set a king over you 
whom the Lord your God chooses, one from among your brethren, you shall set as king over you. You may not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother. And then going on in verse 18, it says, And also it shall be when he, that is the king, when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests, the Levites, and it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life. He shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. If you are in the first resurrection, among those granted salvation in this age, you are destined to share a role in the kingdom of God administering his government under Jesus Christ. As we read in Revelation 20 and verse 6, Revelation 20 and verse 6, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. In other words, they will have been given eternal life. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him for a thousand years. They will be ruling with Jesus Christ under his authority, serving as kings and priests in his kingdom. Anyone who wants to live a better life, anyone who wants eternal life, anyone who wants to have wisdom and knowledge, anyone who wants to follow a proven path, anyone who aspires to be in the kingdom of God should study the Bible all the days of his life.